This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. morning to you. Good evening to you. Everybody, welcome back. We're continuing the marathon. How did we get to Thursday already? Just like we started. Brother, um, welcome to November. My goodness. Thanksgiving coming up in just a few weeks. Christmas next month and then the new year. We're going to be in 2024 pretty quick, Brother John. Yes, indeed. Okay. Folks, welcome. If this is your first time here, we're glad to have you. We've got Pastor John Terrell coming to you from Sacramento, California. You can find him on the web at eaec.org. Brother John, you want to open us in prayer? Yes. Mountain Father, thank you once again. Here's another Thursday, another time for Mega Man Radio, another opportunity, Lord, to be able to share with people the riches of Christ. And Father God, that you are in control, regardless what's happening around us. And I want to thank you right now, Lord, for an anointing today. As we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, manifest yourself to each one listening, now and later. And I thank you for that now, in Jesus' name, amen. Brother John, before you bring the message, I've got a question for you. I meant to ask you, and I'd forgotten, I just remembered. On a previous program, you were mentioning that for many years... Uh, you were doing radio, real live radio broadcast. And my question to you is, uh, do you have in your archives any of the programs that you taped over the years, whether they be on a reel-to-reel or a cassette tape, CD, whatever? Yeah, the first uh, ones was on reel-to-reel, and uh, we, we have those in the archives. The uh, oh wow! And toward the end, I, I was on the radio for twenty-five years. Woo! That's a lot of tape. <laughs> so uh, and then uh, so I had uh, five programs a week. The, these were uh, fifteen-minute program. Actually, my airtime was about thirteen and a half minutes. So we had Monday through Friday. Wow. How many of those uh, original archives do you think you still have on Real to Real? Uh, I think we still got them all. 
Man, now that's a, that's an amazing feat right there. Reason I'm asking: Have you ever considered going back and um, working on digitizing some of those and releasing them as present day podcast? Uh, I have not done that uh, because of lack of personnel. Well, just something to think I, about. Now that's a lot of work. In fact, let me tell you something. Um, <clears throat> my grandfather Weber. My mom's father, when he uh, started a church in um, Water Robins, Georgia, he was also moonlighting over the radio station. And in the early 60s, when he was there, um, he began to do a, uh, a weekly program called Operation Evangelism, which would promote the, the local church. And thankfully, uh, he had saved some of those reel-to-reels that he had. I don't know if I told you this before or not, but... I had heard about these over the years. In fact, I had even heard one play. But about 2010, I got real serious about archiving. And I asked Granddad for permission. He let me go into the storage uh, behind his house. And I fished out what I could find. And I think I found, you know, uh, 25 of the original reel-to-reel. And then I had to get somebody to digitize them. And I didn't have any equipment. But I found a place in downtown Atlanta that did it. And I paid them, and they were able to uh, convert it to MP3. Some of the best audio I've ever heard. And I think you will agree, those reel-to-reel, that's hard to beat, isn't it? Yeah. So they can be done. And then um, in addition to that, what about cassettes? Did you do any on cassette tape in years later, or was it always on reel-to-reel? No, I started uh, my radio program, uh, I started in 1975. Okay. And at that time, it was uh, real to real. And then probably about 80, uh, they went over, they didn't want real to real, they wanted cassettes. So you got cassettes too then? Yes. So if um, if the situation changes and you ever have some free personnel do that, I'll donate an uh, ion tape deck that you basically pop in the tape with a USB cable to your computer. And it's a one-hour digitization. It's one-to-one for one hour of uh, cassette tape, but you could actually convert those to MP3. Only reason I ask is, man, I figured as much you may have some of that, and now to find out that you do, uh, what a travesty would be not to digitize that, and you, you've you got a wealth of great timely messages. I mean, you're, you're preaching the full gospel, so uh, there's no expiration on that. And so, uh, anyway, just a thought. And uh, if you ever decide, feel froggy, you want to pull the trigger on that, I'll send you a tape deck, and maybe you can do it piecemeal and then uh, build a, uh, a podcast archive. That would be pretty cool to dig into. Yeah. <laughs> 25 years worth of Woo! teaching. That's a lot. Okay, we'll get, we'll get rolling. Folks, welcome aboard. Brother John, you got all the time you want. The mic is yours. Take it away. Thank you, I want to uh, talk today about the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As we are in turbulent times, and uh, there's going to be more turbulence, for example, in the last 24 hours, uh, Putin in Russia has uh, scrapped the uh, agreement over nuclear testing and simply says that we are no longer obligated to keep that commitment so that uh, they can go ahead and start testing nuclear weapons. So that, that was something that was capped a number of years ago, and that's being undone. So Putin is very reckless. So there's a lot of stuff happening around us. We have political, we have um, worldwide and then, of course, we got the epidemics in our own country. We have uh, fentanyl. Uh, we have, um, from the COVID uh, vaccine, now this, the uh, death rate is coming very fast as, as we have uh, younger people anywhere from 20s, teenagers and up to 50, 60, 70 years old, people are just dropping of heart attacks or something of that nature that they can't explain. 
At the same time, we also got an epidemic of pornography, and uh, I just heard there were actually, it was, I heard this report that uh, a number of young men, uh, ages 20 and up, are hopelessly got involved in pornography, and uh, they have no desire to marry, they simply are... Uh, sitting by themselves and having sex with themselves, uh, watching pornography and so on. So, there's a lot of suicides. Uh, economy is not that good. Um, people are simply can't afford to buy enough food. Gasoline goes up and so on. There's a lot of crises right now. And what we are experiencing now is a precursor to what we're going to see during the time of the Antichrist. But the question is this, how do you function? How can you live and be victorious when everything around you is going crazy? That That's what I want to talk about. Because as you come into the time of the Antichrist, you will be you will be shut out from from uh, the society. You will not be able to buy or sell or do anything except you have the mark of the beast, and so that's going to be even a more severe time. And this is a time now to begin to prepare for it mentally and also spiritually. So. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to take you to the book of Acts. And um, I'm going to read the first uh, few verses. I'm going to start in verse number one. The former treaty have I made, O Theophilus, and all that Jesus began both to do and teach, unto the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Notice now, he was moved by the Holy Ghost. So Jesus himself, when he was on earth, was instructed by the Holy Spirit, because as he had taken on a physical body, he was somewhat limited, and the reason for that was he was not limited. Then, of course, Satan could not tempt him, and then Satan would have said, well, you can't prove God's righteousness because you stack the deck. Verse number three. To whom he also showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So after the resurrection, Jesus spent forty days, that's a month and ten days, on the earth, speaking to the apostles and giving them further instruction in spiritual matters. Verse 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which says he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, Many, not many days hence or from now on. So he simply said this I don't want you to leave Jerusalem. Let's get a setting now. Jesus had been crucified on Golgotha, which is outside Jerusalem, just outside the, the gates. But he was in Jerusalem where they had the upper room. He was in Jerusalem where he instituted the first 
had a Passover meal and instituted communion, which we take today with the bread and the wine. So, Esopo said this, I do not want you to leave Jerusalem until you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let me hammer home some stuff for you now, for you understand this. The apostles had been with Jesus for approximately three and a half years. For three and a half years they've been with him. Uh, they had, they simply stayed with him. Uh, some of them were married, like Peter was married and so on. But they were constantly with him. They, they didn't divorce their, their wives. And afterwards, they, they took their wives, when they went on mission trip, they took the wives with them. But if you have been three and a half years with Jesus, who is the Son of God, and they had been commissioned to cast out demons, which they did, they had been commissioned to pray for the sick, and the sick got well. They had been commissioned to open the blind eyes, the lame were walking, they had all these different miracles, and they had been under the teaching of Jesus for three and a half years. Ask yourself this question now. Why would they need the Holy Spirit baptism. Ask yourself that question. If they have been with Jesus for three and a half years, they have been able to cast out demons and do all these different supernatural things. Why in the world would they need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Today, in most churches, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not discussed. Uh, people are getting saved in some churches. Uh, some churches baptize them in water by immersion. And they do read the Bible. They pray. They love God. But... There's no talk about the Holy Spirit. So now I go again back to the question to you. If you were in a Baptist church or Lutheran church or Methodist church, whatever you are, or one of these, what they call it, uh, community churches, non-denominational, which basically is a, 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 it's a denominational church that just didn't want to tell who, who they are, so they say we are non-denominational, which is deception in itself. So if you're one of these and you have never heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I just read to you from the, from the book of Acts, chapter 1, when Jesus told his disciples, there were 120 of them, 11 apostles, 70 others, and 39 women. That was 120 that were after the resurrection of Jesus. They were all in Jerusalem. And Jesus simply said this. He commanded them. He didn't say, I would like you to stay in Jerusalem until you get baptized in the Spirit. No. He commanded them. They should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which says, He, you have heard of me. Now we come down to some other things that I want you to start thinking about. Because this is very important to you as an individual. Now, if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, God bless you, praise the Lord. That's great. 
But if you are not, and most people have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that are Christians today, you should ask yourself this. Hmm. The book of Acts is part of the New Testament. So that's scripture. The four Gospels are part of the New Testament. So that's scripture. So we are supposed to obey scripture. So if that's the case, why have I not been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Do I need that? Well, if the apostles and the seventh order <coughs> would been with Jesus for three and a half years, and that all these gifts would I have been casting out the demons and heal the sick, if they needed it, how much more do you need it? You need it more than anything because most of you have not cast out demons. You have not prayed for the sick. You have not laid hands on people who are blind. They got the eyesight back. You have not raised up anyone from the dead like the apostles did. So you need it more than ever. Let's go back and read now in here. In the book of Acts chapter 1. So in verse number 6. How did the apostles respond? How did these. What did they say to Jesus? When they therefore were come together. They asked Jesus saying. Lord. Would you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel. Notice now we got two different kingdoms. We got three kingdoms. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of Satan, and the kingdom of Israel. And the kingdom of Israel came into being when uh, King Saul became the first king, then David, and then we had Solomon, and then the kingdom split, and eventually the kingdom of Israel ceased to exist. And when the apostles were here, uh, the kingdom of Israel had not been there for about eight, nine hundred years. And they want to know whether you're going to restore the physical kingdom of Israel. They were not asking about the kingdom of God. They were asking about the earthly kingdom of Israel. So what did Jesus say? Verse 7. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father put in his own power. He didn't say to them, There's not going to be a kingdom of Israel. He just told them this that that is not for you to know. So don't even think about it. It's out of your hands. And when is the kingdom of Israel coming into power? During the thousand-year kingdom. When King David will be, has been resurrected and uh, he's going to rule out of Jerusalem over Israel. And Jesus is going to rule out of Jerusalem over the entire world. So we're going to have David under King Jesus. So he simply said, don't worry about it. <clears throat> you have nothing to do with it. You are not setting up the kingdom of Israel. That's going to be done by me. That's going to be supernatural. But in verse number 8, now, he began to explain why. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. 
you shall receive power. What kind of power? Power to heal. Power to pray. Moving in the supernatural. So, that's what Jesus said to his apostles, the 70 others, and the 39 women. How do I know that's the 39 women? Because in verse number 15, it says, <clears throat> In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about 120. So we know, 120. So we know that there were 11 apostles because Judas now had committed suicide. We know there were 70 others that Jesus had commissioned. So that means the rest were women. And it also says in the book of Acts several places that we had uh, the people that were there, for example, <clears throat> we had uh, in verse number 14, it says this, These will continue with one accord in parents' vocation with the women and marry the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. So when people says, well, women were not there, yes, they were there. And the women were also baptized on the day of Pentecost. All right, now I have established that Jesus wanted them to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The common teaching is this, that uh, particularly in Baptist churches and fundamental churches, that when you get saved, automatically you receive the Holy Spirit. This is true, and it is not true. So now from the book of Acts, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians. And we're going to land in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And um, let me get there, First Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse number 21. Excuse me, that should actually be Second Corinthians. So I wrote that down well. So make that Second Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to read verse 21 and 22. And here's what it says. Who has also sealed us, given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. So there is a sealing of the Holy Spirit. who has also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Now, what is earnest? Earnest here is a down payment. It is a token. It's a simply a mark that you have been saved. Paul explains it a little bit more in Ephesians, also in chapter 1. That's Ephesians chapter 1, and verses 13 and 14. In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption and the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. What does the sealing mean? A person who is not saved, they have a physical body, they have a soul, and they have a dead spirit. The first thing that happens when you get saved is that your spirit is born again. 
it becomes alive. And who is doing that? That is the Holy Spirit. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. So yes, you do receive the Holy Spirit at the time of salvation. But it is the form of being sealed by the Holy Spirit. Let me see if I can illustrate that for you. For years, as I as I worked in the United States, because I, I came here in '63 from Sweden, and uh, at first I had regular jobs, and then I became a minister. I have paid in Social Security every every month, every year for many years. I paid Social Security taxes. And what they did was that I had a social security number. And I was promised this, that when I was, at that time early, there was 65 years, now it is about 66 years, uh, I was told that you have this promise that when you get of the age of 65, you were now getting social security checks. With other words, the money you paid in is now going to come back to you and you're going to get a little bit more than what you paid in. So, for years, I simply knew this, that eventually, when I hit 65, I can simply go down to the social security office and simply say, hey, I'm 65, here's my birthday, and so on. I want to now getting my money. And so I was sealed for all these years. I had a promise. And then when a day came, when I went down to the Social Security office and I cashed it in, I now had funds that were given to me so they would be like now I was baptized in the Holy Spirit now I was beginning to get the benefits because before I had a promise of the benefits but after my 65 years of age and my going down to Social Security office I now actually got a check every month so for years I had a social security number, I paid in, I was sealed, guaranteed, if you live to 65, you will get social security checks every month. And sure enough, it did happen. So, in this case now, the apostles had been with Jesus for three and a half years. They had been saved. They had trusted in Jesus, repented of their sins, and they had been born again. Their spirits had become alive. And they had been sealed by the Holy Spirit. But they had not been baptized by the Holy Spirit. That came on the day of Pentecost, which I'm now going to read to you from the book of Acts, chapter 2. And uh, let me get to the book of Acts. That really will help out. So, we have the book of Acts, chapter 2. And by the way, Pentecost means 50 days after the Passover. So let me give you a couple of more things you can, you can hang your hat on. What holiday was Jesus crucified? 
we do know that on Tuesday night, he had a Passover meal with his apostles. Because he stated in the New Testament that on Sunday he rode in on a donkey uh, and he was hailed as the Messiah. Monday he went in and cleansed the temple and basically Monday is Matthew chapter 24 was preached on Monday uh, that week. This is a Passover week. And you got to understand now The Jewish Passover is anywhere from 7 to 11 days. It depends upon what kind of Jewish faction you are. Now, the Jews are just like the Gentiles. They have a number of different denominations. Not all Jews are the same. So, the Jews are divided up, and some believe this, and some believe that, and so on. So, But the Passover is minimum seven days. Some Jews do 11 days. So, on Tuesday night, Jesus now sits with his apostles at the Passover. After the finish, late Tuesday night, they sing a song. They go out to get seminar where he's going to stay overnight. And uh, he's there now Wednesday morning. And uh, about 2 o'clock in the morning, the uh, soldiers from the high priest come out and arrest him, take him to Caiaphas. And uh, he's there until 6 o'clock in the morning, that's Wednesday morning, when uh, they bring him to Pilate. And then Pilate bounced him back and forth. And then at noon... Wednesday, Jesus is crucified, and at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he leaves the body, he gives up the ghost. He wasn't killed by the cross, he simply left the body and went to paradise, and then they put his body in the tomb. And he was raised on the third day, which was uh, between Saturday and Sunday morning. Now, So, Jesus, now after his resurrection, he spent time with them. So, Pentecost means 50 days after the Passover. So, the Jews had the Sabbath, not the Sabbath, they had the, what they called, it was actually called the Passover, which was a celebration of the exodus out of Egypt. They had done that for that this time about thousands of years. Because Jesus gave them the Passover, and they celebrated that year after year after year after year. So, Pentecost then was another holiday for the Jews, another high day. So 50 days after the Passover, they had the next Jewish holiday. And that's why in the book of Acts, you find so many Jews were in Jerusalem from other cities, other nations. Because it was very common during this time, the temple still stood there, that you had you had a million Jews lived in Babylon. You had about a million Jews lived in Egypt. You had Jews living in Rome. They lived in Greece. Uh, they were scattered all over. So the majority of Jewish people at the time of Christ lived outside the land. And the, the population in Israel itself was smaller. So all these people would come in to Jerusalem. That's where the temple was. When they had either Pentecost, they come in on the, when they had a Passover, they would come in for other holidays. So Jerusalem was a tourist town. And so a lot of Jews came in, and these Jews had been born in Egypt. They'd been born in uh, 
in Rome that have been born in Babylon. They were third, fourth, five generations, uh, but they still were Jewish. And so on their holiday, they went back to Jerusalem. And in those days, they didn't have any hotels. So Jewish families living in Jerusalem, they made a good living of simply having one or two or three rooms in the houses that they rented out to these Jews from foreign countries that came in for the holidays. And so it was a good business for them. And so the Jews living in Jerusalem, they were simply banking on every holiday. We got our brothers coming in from other places and they usually were, were better. They had more money, so they paid good money for the rooms. And, of course, you had to have food and so on. And then you had to buy the souvenirs and all the other things. So it was a business. And that's how it was. So on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So now we had 120 apostles, 70 others, and 39 women were in one place. And suddenly came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is the initiation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So here's how it works. When you get saved, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Your dead spirit is born again. But when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are saturated by the Holy Spirit. And now you are possessed by the Holy Spirit. It's a possession. Let me develop that for you. We talk about demon possession. When you read in the four Gospels about people being demonized, they had supernatural power. For example, they would try to bind them in chains, and they just ripped them apart. They couldn't control them. So a person that is demon-possessed, he has supernatural power, but from the kingdom of Satan. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are now possessed by the Holy Spirit. And being possessed by the Holy Spirit, you now have supernatural power at your fingertips. So this is why Jesus told them, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, you are born again, but you don't have the power. You have to wait in Jerusalem until I send the Holy Spirit and he will baptize you or possess you. That might sound bad to you say possessed. Well, I am possessed by the Holy Spirit and I'm very happy. The Holy Spirit is totally different than demonic spirits. Demonic spirits are cruel. They, they are force their will upon the person, and they simply hurt the person. The Holy Spirit is not a dictator. He's possessing me, but at the same time, I have a free will. He would tell me, I want you to do this. I can say, I don't want to do it. He's not going to whip me and simply force me to do it. 
it's up to me to obey or disobey. In the story here now that we continue, and we read this now, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation of heaven. This was a Jewish holiday. There was a lot of Jews that had come in for the holiday. Most people read in the Bible, if you're in a regular church, they don't tell you that, so you really don't understand the scripture. So, in order to understand the scripture, you also need to understand the background. What was happening? Who's who? What were they doing? So we had not Jerusalem, devout men, these were Jews that come, had come for this Jewish holiday, they had gone to the temple, and they had paid a temple tax and all kinds of things and so on, and they were there to worship God. They didn't worship Jesus, but they worshiped God. Verse number six now, now when this was noised abroad, with other words, when people begin to hear a group of people streaming out of the upper room, 120 people streaming out of the upper room and speaking in languages that they had not learned. That caused a commotion. Let's read it. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. The tongues given here on the day of Pentecost was not unknown tongues or a prior language because there are three types of tongues, but they spoke Greek. They spoke the uh, languages of Babylon. They spoke all different type of languages. And they had not learned that. They were possessed now by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit simply made them to speak in different languages. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? You ever heard about the term Okis? Oh, that's just an Oki. Well, that goes back to the time of depression here in the United States and people from Oklahoma, which was hit very hard during the depression, and they had a drought there. They came out in droves to California. The Californians didn't like them. They called them Okies. And they simply said, the stupid Okies, they're not educated. They don't know anything. And they speak with a southern drought. So they simply said, oh, these not Galileans, because Galileans were looked down upon by the rest of the Jews. They didn't speak uh, the same dialect that they did in Jerusalem, and they were more or less considered to be like, you know, hicks from the farms, uneducated. Are they not all Galileans? And how... Here we every man in own tongue wherein we were born. And then he lists them Portians, Mates, Elamites, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, in parts of Libya, Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes, Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. All right, hear these Galileans now. 120, spilled out on the street, moved by the Holy Spirit, and they were speaking in these different languages the marvelous work of God. And so people were impressed. And they were amazed and were in doubt, saying one another, what mean is this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. You don't speak Egyptian by drinking wine if you live in America. That's not how you learn a language. <laughs> you can learn a language, but it's hard. You've got to study it. These people spoke fluently with no accent because the Holy Spirit gave them that. But Peter, standing up with them, 11, 
lift up his voice and said to them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known to you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you supposed, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. It was about nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was spoken by the prophet of Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So in other words, that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's how it came. Now, what did it do for the apostles? What did it do for the seventh orders and for the women? Well, if you read the rest of the book of Acts, you will find that these people, these were Christians now, they were called Christians. They had power to cast out demons. They laid hands on the sick, and the sick got well. The lame walked. The blind could see. The same supernatural power that they had had under the time that Jesus was with them had now returned. But Jesus was not with them, but the Holy Spirit was with them. If you understand this now, it is obviously that I think that most of you listening to my voice have not cast out any demons. Most of you have not really laid hands on the sick. And you have not really seen any miracles. Now, some of you have, some of you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, but some of you have not. And you are happy in this way that, you know, you are in Baptist churches, you are in, in some of you in Pentecostal churches, but just because you're in a Pentecostal church does not mean you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is something that you're going to ask for. And um, you might be in other churches, and you're saved. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. When you die, you will go to heaven. But you don't have any power. And a lot of people are depressed. Some people have different sicknesses, uh, particularly immune disorders. And you're just humbly, you know. I'm looking on, on television. I'm looking, for example, on Jimmy Swaggart. Sunday, sometimes I look at his service after I'm done with our church. And they, they always pray for the sick. And there's, there's a huge group. It's probably about five, six hundred people come every Sunday coming forward. And I've been to other churches, and the same thing happened there. The same people come forth every Sunday, every time there's an altar call, and they are sick. They're very sick. And they anoint them with oil. If they are a little bit more Pentecostal, if they are not, you know, they just pray for them. Uh, if you're in a Baptist church, they uh, just, their prayer is totally different. May God heal you if it is his will. If not, you know, God give them strength to suffer. So that's a, that's a prayer of unbelief. So it's the same people coming forward every week. It shouldn't be that way. If, if you need to be prayed, you should be prayed for, you should be healed. And that's that's it. And then you just move on. But people come back. So why do they do that? Well, first of all, they eat stuff that is not right. God has said in his Bible, Leviticus chapter 11, if you eat this, you get sick. If you eat this, you're not going to get sick. He gave us a menu. And people simply ignore it. The sad thing is this. Jews and Muslims have one thing in common. The cancer rate among them is very low. What do Jews and Muslims have in common? 
they don't eat pork. They don't eat any pork products. Pork causes a lot of cancer. It's, God said you're not to eat it. He's a scavenger. So, we eat the wrong food, we eat a lot of sugar, we have this and that, you know, and then you says, oh God, I'm sick. And God says, yeah, I know you're sick. God, don't you care? Yes, I do care. Well, what's wrong, God? God said, change your diet, man. You, you, you cause your sickness. You eat yourself to death. Now, we don't want to hear that. Because someone said, you know, we just pray over it, you know, and that cleans it up. Uh, I hear people say, well, you know, before I eat my bacon, I just pray over it and bless it, you know, and that makes it kosher. No, it doesn't. It doesn't change the, the structure in the meat at all. And it's just a deadly. So anyway, if you want to have, if you want to walk, in the Holy Spirit and, and have victory. You need to ask God to be baptized in the Spirit. How do you do that? Very simple. How did you get saved? Well, you repented of your sins. You asked Jesus to come into your life and you asked God to save you. And what happened? You got saved. If you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you just ask God and say, Jesus, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit according to the book of Acts, chapter 1 and 2. And Jesus was said, not a problem. Now, if you're living in sin, you're not going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or if you've got demonic problems, that's going to hold it up. You've got to get cleaned up. But it is very simple to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But if you don't know it exists, you're not going to ask for it. Because you were told you got everything when you got saved. No, you got sealed by the Holy Spirit when you got saved. But you got to ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And how does that work in my life? Well, I started out as a Lutheran, uh, unsaved Lutheran. And then I ended up in the Mission Covenant Church, and they led me to Christ when I was about four or five years old. I did a recommitment when I was 13, and then I decided to backslide for about eight or nine years, and I lived like hell. And uh, then I got convicted by the Holy Spirit. I renounced my bad living. And uh, I simply asked God to forgive me, and he forgave me. And uh, now I had my sons back. I was saved, sealed by the Holy Spirit, but didn't have the power. I was a good Southern Baptist. I mean, you know, I did everything they told me to do. And then in 1969, I heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I became curious. I said, well, if there is more, I want that. So I read the book of Acts again. And eventually, I asked Jesus to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And he did. And that opened up a new dimension in my life. And now began to pray for the sick. And suddenly, the sick got well. Not all the sick got well. But those that did not have any hindrances, I cast out demons, and uh, I had a number of other miracles and so on. Prayed for this or that. So I've been walking in the Holy Spirit. I was saved since 19, January 1970. I've been walking on the Spirit. That's about 50 years. And it is great. It's great to have that power. So, I hope that I taught you a little bit about it, how it works, how you get it, and why you should have it. But if you don't have a desire for it, of course, you're not, he's not going to give it to you. So, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
That's the bottom line, what I want to share with you today. You need to be possessed by the Holy Spirit. He's wonderful, loving, kind. He keeps you well. He does a lot of things. It's like having Jesus living inside of you. So, with that, if you want to talk about it, if you says, well, I'd like to know more about it, contact us. Go to my website, eaec.org, and uh, there's a form that you, there's a phone number if you want to call. Uh, there's an email address there if you want to write to us. And just contact us and say, well, I heard you talk about the baptism of the Spirit. I would like to know more about it. Can you pray for me? And we will be more than happy to minister to you. Every Sunday, I'm a pastor for a small country church. We are in the countryside here, outside Sacramento. And we have church every Sunday morning. We start and we webcast that. So if you live in the Sacramento area, I would like you to come and visit us. We would love to have you with us. But if you live in other parts of the country or live overseas, you can join us 8.30, our time, the Pacific Standard Time. We start with music for half an hour. And then we have 30 minutes of prayer. We believe in prayer. So most churches, they pray two minutes and then they do other things. We pray for 30 minutes, more or less. And after 30 minutes of prayer, then I start preaching. And I preach anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. So if you're looking for a church, like, you know, at McDonald's, you go in and you go out, we are not the church for you. But if you're really looking for the Holy Spirit, you want some solid Bible teaching and so on, we are the stop. This is the place for you to go to. Because you will get everything. You will get some worship. You will get prayer. And you will get a sermon. And then, you know, we pray for you. So, eac.org. That's our website. eac.org. And financially now, what I want you to do, I'm coming to you on Omega Man Radio. I don't pay for it. Uh, I don't get paid, first of all, and I don't pay anything. So, Shannon Davis, this is his ministry. He's in charge, and God is using him. But God uses people to finance this ministry. So, if you are blessed by Omega Man Radio, you're blessed to my program today, then go to Omega Man Radio website, find his donation button, and give him a good offering. And say, Shannon... I want to give you some money. I know that you need to eat. Your children need to eat. And I enjoy Omega Man Radio. We're going to keep it going. If people don't help him out, he's going to quit. Because he, he, can't, he can't substitute this. It has to be paid by the listeners. And with that, back to you, Sean. Brother John, this was a great teaching today. And I encourage people to go and get a copy of it and share it with a friend. What would you like to title this for the archive? Are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? Hey, that's great. And once again, folks, go to uh, eaec.org. Learn more, learn more about the ministry. And you can support Brother John's work right there. Uh, Brother John, you want to close us in prayer? Thank you for coming on today. Yes. My Heavenly Father, I just ask you right now that the words that I have spoken for the last hour will be used by the Holy Spirit to minister to people, to give them hope, Father God, to give them a hunger, and simply saying, if I have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want that now. To those that are backslidden, and not walking with you. I pray, Father God, convict them with your Holy Spirit and bring them back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll see you next week, brother. God bless you, brother John.
God bless you. Love you. Love you too. Brother John is with us every Thursday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. That's going to conclude our AM shows, but we're going to be back tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern. That's 5 Pacific with Brother Peter Torres. It's been a while since we had Peter on. In fact, uh, if you missed yesterday, we had Benjamin Baruch on. It's been many years since we've had Benjamin or Peter on, and glad to be reconnecting with them both. So it's going to be a good program tonight. And then i got to confirm, but we should be back on tomorrow, Friday night, for the Demon Hotline with Victor Mravlag. I'm going to remind him tonight, see if he's ready to roll. Thank you again for tuning into these programs. Now, before we go, I want to tell you, if you haven't been to my website in a while, you need to go check it out, omegamanradio.com. I'm making it easy. We're putting all the archives under one roof at omegaman.podbean.com. That link is from my website. You can download the Podbean app or not. You can go to the website. You'll see a link uh, to that. Uh, From Podbean, there's about nine or ten other platforms you can access. But Podbean is where I'm putting all the new and then the old broadcast together. Current 13 season editions and uh, also the Omega Man Reloaded Broadcast. In fact, I'm going to upload here a few more of those in just a few minutes. So help yourself. There's new stuff for everybody. And unless you've been here with me since 2010, I've got thousands of programs you've never heard. I'm sure no one's heard all of them out there, except me, because I've been here for every one of them. 10,500-plus broadcasts. They're free. Uh, Bit by bit, we're going to get the archive back online complete but we've got a lot to keep you busy right now also if you want to support the program you can do it right there on the website thank you to those that have because we're able to do these programs God richly bless you